Section 26 of David and His Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Larry Wilson. David and His Friends, a series of revival sermons by Louis Albert Banks. The Harps on the Willows. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. Psalm 137, 2. Were you ever homesick? Did you ever sit down in a strange city, a city full of people, and watch them go by the window for hours, and never see a face you knew, until the feeling crept into your heart that you were alone among strangers, and that your friends were far away? If you have, you have experienced one of the hard things to endure in life. And yet any experience you may have had of that sort in our modern life would but faintly indicate the sorrow of these young Jewish captives who had been taken out of their own loving homes and carried away as prisoners of war to Babylon. They were in the midst of a great city, the very language of whose people was strange to them, and they were captives. They had no friends, no homes, and no sympathy. They saw contempt or hate or curiosity upon every face. And then their captors, to make it worse, asked them to sing the songs which they had been accustomed to sing in the temple service in Jerusalem. They could not do it. Their hearts broke at the thought of it. They could not sing the Lord's songs in a strange land. And so they sat down and cried beside the river, and hung their harps upon the willows that fringed its shore. There's nothing sweeter in the gospel than the promise of Jesus Christ that he will never leave comfortless those who give their hearts to him. When he was passing through his great trial before the crucifixion, he told his disciples that when he went away, he would send the comforter to them, and that they should never be left to bear the burden of their sorrows alone. I do not believe we appreciate how much that means in the ordinary experiences of life. It is a terrible thing to be alone, to be left comfortless. A little before the Chicago fire in 1871, there were a father and mother who lived in that city who had two young sons. The father fell sick very suddenly and died, and the blow was so terrible to the mother that she only survived it a few days and died of a broken heart. Then the question came, what shall be done with these two boys? A wealthy banker came and said that he would take one of them. He would keep him and make him his heir. His offer was accepted, and the boy was taken away. The other one was taken to an orphan asylum. They had never been separated, and when the little fellow was taken away from his brother to the asylum, he cried bitterly every night. One night, when they came to put him to bed, they could not find him. They made search everywhere, but failed to find him. Next morning he was found on the steps of the banker's house. The poor little fellow had gone that cold night and lain down on the doorsteps, and when they asked him what he did it for, he said he wanted to get near Charlie. He knew that if he rang the bell to get in, they would send him back, and so he lay on the steps all night to be near his brother, because it was comforting to know that he was near him. Oh, how many aching hearts have been consoled by the words of Jesus, I will not leave you comfortless. Many and many a man 
and many a woman have said to me i could not have lived through my sorrow or trouble if it had not been for the comfort i had in the conscious presence of jesus but the presence of jesus gives songs in the midst of all the sorrows and trials of life there is no place so dark no night of trouble so severe but god can give songs at its midnight god can give songs to his people even amid the pain and suffering of death people take their own lives in despair sometimes but the only people who ever meet death with songs of peace are those whose hearts are inspired with immortal hope through their faith in jesus someone sings i asked the glad and happy child whose hands were filled with flowers whose silvery laugh rang free and wild among the time-wreathed bowers i crossed her sunny path and cried when is the time to die not yet not yet the child replied and swiftly bounded by i asked the maiden back she threw the tresses of her hair grief's traces o'er her cheeks i knew like pearls they glittered there a flush passed o'er her lily brow i heard her spirit sigh not now she cried oh not now youth is no time to die i asked the mother as she pressed her firstborn in her arms as gently on her tender breast she hushed her babe's alarms in quivering tones her accents came her eyes were dim with tears my boy his mother's life must claim for many many years i questioned one in manhood's prime of proud and fearless air his brow was furrowed not by time nor dimmed by woe and care in angry accents he replied and flashed with scorn his eye talk not to me of death he cried for only age should die i questioned one for whom the tomb had long been all prepared for death who withers life and bloom this man of years had spared once more his nature's dying fire flashed high and thus he cried life only life is my desire then gasped and groaned and died i asked the christian answer thou when is the hour of death a holy calm was on his brow and peaceful was his breath and sweetly o'er his features stole a smile so bright divine he spoke the language of his soul my master's time is mine and it is wonderful how god does give his people songs of blessed peace with which to keep step in the valley of shadows a good woman a member of this church and one who was here with us in the revival meetings less than two weeks ago was laid away in the cemetery this afternoon that is her body was laid there for her happy soul is singing in the paradise of god she was converted here two years ago in the first revival meetings i held at this church and came into this fellowship with us she has seen trouble and sorrow in these years but christ has been inexpressibly precious to her and she met death that frail delicate woman with a smile of glorious courage on her face and only a little while before she died she sang softly to herself there's sunshine in my soul ah no pagan philosophy no modern agnosticism no ribald infidelity ever yet sent one to death like that infidelity hushes its harps in the hour of death 
philosophy is dumb in the face of the pale horse and its rider it is only the christian who sings with joy as leaning on the staff of the good shepherd he goes to meet his lord sin puts us into exile and takes all the music out of our hearts music suggests perfect harmony of character to have a musical instrument that will adequately express musical thought in sound and harmony requires very carefully selected woods as to acoustic properties for its construction john albert the famous violin maker of philadelphia who has been called the stradivarius of america died the other day at the age of ninety years his great success in making violins that won him fame throughout the world was as much due to the care with which he selected the woods from which they were made as to his skill as a workman so much depended on the proper woods that albert sought them sometimes at the risk of his life once he lay for weeks between life and death the victim of an accident while he was on the hunt for certain wood in an almost impassable forest old bull the great violinist pronounced him one of the great violin makers of the world because he possessed the greatest knowledge of the acoustic properties of woods of any man living at that time surely if a violin maker must pay such great heed to the character of the wood out of which he constructs a violin in order that he may make it a perfect interpreter of musical thought to human ears we should not wonder at the care of god in seeking to so purify and cleanse our hearts that they shall be resonant and responsive to the slightest touch of the holy spirit and thus be able to interpret the melodies of heaven i am sure that some of you tonight are conscious that your voices are silent and you no longer sound from the heart the praise of god because sin has come in and marred and spoiled the soul quality which alone can give real harmony i thank god that jesus christ has the power to take our poor broken heart instruments that sin has rendered silent and cause them to resound again with joyous music a beautiful story is told of jenny lind she was once singing in the opera in london in eighteen forty nine a young musician who had been led away from the path of right by strong drink and had gone down and down until poverty-stricken and ragged he was a wanderer on the face of the earth saw the sign at the door now it happened that the young man max bronsden had been a schoolmate of jenny lind in her girlhood and in his boyhood had had as high ambitions and dreams as she but his sin had dragged him down into the gutter while she in her purity had mounted up with wings as eagles as max bronsden stood there at the door he heard a ringing thrill from the voice he knew so well it deeply stirred him and though he was penniless he determined to enter and hear that voice once more he watched his chance a crowd of richly dressed men and women were passing in he rushed into the throng evaded the ticket agent and gained entrance in a shadowed recess he crouched and listened like a poor starved flower this man with his sensitive musical temperament drank in the showers of glorious music which filled the great auditorium and at last when the climax came the tempest of applause which made the house tremble he forgot all forgot that he was a wandering vagabond forgot the throng and the lights and all save that he saw the little barefoot girl of his boyhood's worship a queen among men he rushed forward and cried jenny my little jenny i told you so i said that you would rule the world with that voice 
speak to me and tell me that you remember put him out put him out shouted the multitude he is mad away with him a strong arm seized him and he would have been hurled out into the darkness but a sweet voice cried spare him and let me hear him what is it poor man max bronston looked up and like an angel of light she stood above him forgive me madam he cried i was passing and heard your voice i stole my way in it seemed like i had a right to listen once the birds and i were your only auditors and yet when i told you one day that you would be great you seemed glad of my praise though i was only max the blacksmith's son bending over him jenny lynn cried max bronsden my first and truest friend stand let this vast throng look upon you it was he said she who first created in my heart ambition to become great my stage was a lichen-covered forest log and he showered upon me wild flowers which i prized more than i now prize the jewels and rare gifts which are emblems of my triumph this night rise my friend she said to him and be worthy of the trust and confidence i will ever give you in all the future years i have struggled and conquered all difficulties it is not too late be no longer a vagabond as you say you are but be a man worthy of my friendship the astonished man could scarcely speak but at last with hoarse earnestness he uttered the words with god's help uh, i will years afterwards max bronsden describing that wondrous scene said the house had been silent as death then it suddenly burst into tumultuous applause and the curtain fell i left that place a new man with new aspirations and courage and in all the years since that night i have been by god's help a conqueror of sin i have lived true to my words if jenny lynn by her graciousness and mercy given her of god could inspire that poor dissipated man to cast away the rags of his sin and try again for noble manhood could encourage him to take his harp down from the willows where he had hung it in despair and set it again to music and gladness what cannot jesus christ do with your heart and life if you will but yield them to his fingers end of section twenty six